The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network. Smith on the feet, he's to the 10, the 5, touchdown! Oh, what a tackle! Seven's up the middle to the 5, into the end zone, touchdown, Eastern Michigan! Straight from the 7-3-4, it's the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by the Foling Warehouse, your weekly chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer. Homecoming and a real homecoming, Tom. It's been two weeks on the road for EMU football. We're finally back. And it's nice, too. It's been uh, one long road trip to Alabama. Ah, yes. Which, for people who don't understand, if you ever want to go to Jacksonville, Alabama, don't. It's, it's nowhere. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Getting there, you feel like you're lost in the woods. And then the campus just pops up. Beautiful campus, though. And then, of course, the trip to Central Michigan uh, this past week. So it's good to be home. And really, I just talked to Joe Sparacio earlier in the day, and I said, does this feel like when you really got to make hay here? You got three of your next four games at home. The one road game would be at Northern Illinois. But you are right here in the factory for three of four. And he goes, I feel like we got to make hay every week, you know, home or away. But it's definitely a time now. He goes, I love being at home. So they got to make that pay off in a conference that really anybody could win at this point. Oh, there's there's not a team. Other, maybe Ohio, I think, is is really, really good. I think Toledo's there. Miami's shown they're pretty good. But then there's that rest of the group that is just right, that right. can all surge in front. There's no team that's any better or any worse than each other. And I think it all, as we saw on Saturday, comes back to a play here or there that will change the course of a game. I mean, a lot of people will look back and say, well, the kick at the end is the difference. No, it's not the difference. There were right. plays earlier that you've looked back. I mean, is it, is it the block PAT? Is it the central getting a touchdown right before the half that a lot of us didn't think was a touchdown? All those things don't even put Jesus Gomez in that spot. Right. When you go over the course of an entire game, there's really – six, seven plays that can decide a game. And if more of those go in your favor than against, you're going to get the W. I felt sick for Jesus Gomez because he's a tremendous kicker. And I immediately went back to thinking of Chad Ryland in 2019 when he misses that kick against Toledo. But obviously he rebounded pretty well. uh, Playing for the New England Patriots now. And Jesus will rebound. It's just you had a game that was winnable and it got away from you. The positive I take from that is the offense showed up. And it's we hadn't seen them yet this season. They've been MIA. When I left the radio booth to come down in the fourth quarter, I'm standing by the kicking tees. Jesus is warming up. I think he really thought on that fourth down it would have been a 52-yarder. I think he thought he was going in then and was maybe mentally preparing itself. And even when they moved the ball up, if you go back and watch the tape, He puts his hands up. I think he thought it was good, and at that last moment, just drifted. Yeah. And there was no one more disappointed. I mean, he came and slammed his helmet down, the kicking sticks and all that. I'm, I'm, you give the kid a credit credit for showing his emotion. But as Steve Bird told us two weeks ago, he's like, "You're sniper. As soon as you let that ball go, you have to be on to the next one because if you let that one linger, this will kill you." He hit a 55-yarder earlier in the game. If he doesn't hit that, which is a tough kick for a lot in college football, 
then you're not at that point. You know, you got to go for the touchdown. So, yeah, a lot of ups and downs in that game. And and I like Eastern's chances against Ball State. I like their chances the rest of the way, really. And maybe it's just the the comfort of talking to Chase Klein and Joe Sparacio because those two guys are hardwired for. We're not worried. The temperature in the room is still cool. We know it's a grind to get through the MAC, and we're locked and loaded and ready to play football. Of the five teams Eastern's played already this year, all but one of them has a winning record. That's saying something. They haven't played any cupcakes. So you look at that and then flip the page the rest of the way. Toledo, the only team with a winning record. How about that? And that's that's a that's a matching game too, right? Yeah. Yeah. First Tuesday in November in the Glass City. Uh, I mean, it sets up perfectly. It does set up perfectly. And that's one before the season started. I thought, boy, you play the way you can play. The division really could come down yeah. to that Tuesday night in Toledo. It can. Uh, we'll talk with Chris Creighton on this show. A-, a lot of thoughts from him. We don't spend so much time talking about X's and O's from the CMU game. But some pieces that he got back. Tanner Canoe, I think it gets overlooked how much Austin Smith missed him the week before Jacksonville State. Comes back in, catches a touchdown pass, moves up to third all-time now in career touchdown passes. But then you add the aspect, you get some guys healthy that you haven't had. Andreas Posca, you get a Mikey Haney back. Brock Roman's playing healthy. Uh, all those things also help change the tide of things. Now, granted, you're still playing without a Max Reese and a few other pieces that you really want back, but there's more healthiness than there was even a week Which ago. Which is good. Polsko was never targeted in that Central Michigan game, though. He's great for blocking. He is. Um, you get him open in space, too. He can do some damage. He's got the one catch this season for 21 yards that he had in the first quarter against Howard. Then he got hurt. Right. And so it's, it's just good to see him back out there and playing and able to be explosive and make the type of movements he needs to make so that he can help out this offense. But Austin Smith able to make more challenging throws. I think he let it loose a little bit. Like, listen, maybe he needed, and I'm holding my arms way out, he felt that was open, and now you hold your hands close together, and now he feels like that's an open receiver where he really puts them in there. Took a couple risks, but it worked out. Uh, and I thought the touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone to Canoe was, he dropped a dime Oh, there. he couldn't have thrown a better pass in that situation. Up over the top, basket catch for the, the score. And, and you look at it, we also forget there's so many pieces that, yes, are the same on on offense, but the playmakers from a year ago are not here. Right. I mean, you've got the Samson, you've got your line back in pieces. You don't have a Hospe, dude. You don't, I mean... How much does he change? You don't have a guy playing in the NFL right now and Dylan Drummond catching passes for you. Right. You've got guys learning how to play still. Such as college football, right? Every season you got you got to try and get the pieces together and put the best 11 on the field so that you can move the football and you hope there's some playmakers in there. And I think fans may realize, yeah, Tanner Canoe is a much bigger piece than I thought he was because when he's in there, he's an absolute game changer. He is, absolutely. And this week, uh, again, it's homecoming. It matters a lot in the aspect. We saw it over the weekend. 28,000-plus is what Central claimed to have jammed into Kelly Short Stadium. I don't know the turnstile count, but that's the number they announced. But a fan base that came out, it's going to be good weather We've seen Eastern play better at home as of late. Mm-hmm. How much do you could you see the pack, the factory being jam-packed this Saturday? I could see it. I mean, 
the weather's nice. Uh, you you want to come out and see? It's good football. Yep. I mean, this is a big game for Eastern Michigan. Plus, there's you know you get sometimes the players that have breaks. The, some of the NFL we've seen Max Crosby yep. and Charlie Batch and all these guys. And uh, boy, if the if the if the Pats were off, I haven't looked at the bye weeks. You you know maybe Chad comes back, maybe maybe City comes back to visit. But it's just. That's a game you really want to win, too. Everybody comes back. They're kind of getting their toe back in the water. Maybe they haven't been to a game in a little while. They're like, oh, you know, if you could ratchet it up. And, and it's funny because uh, last year's homecoming was against UMass. We didn't have our two starting linebackers. No? One out with a high ankle sprain. The other one had targeted the week before and missed the first half. And then you end up winning a tight one in that one. So... I'm excited. Yeah, the weather's going to be good. Come out, watch some football. Well, and don't forget, this was a year ago. Austin Smith goes into Muncie. Eastern doesn't have most of its weapons for that game. And the Eagles used the ground and pound game to eke out the win. Uh, not saying that they'll, they'll do that, but I could see contrasting styles again. Ball State wants to throw it around the field. Eastern's going to want to run it at you. That was their homecoming game last it was. year, wasn't it? It, it was, was. Peck. I got we, stuck we got in stuck game. In, in, I was infuriated by the time I got to the stadium. We only had to go a half mile from where we were to the entrance. And, yeah, I think uh, a turtle passed us at one point in the car and, and still got to the finish line fast. Well, not only that, you guys wanted to get to the stadium earlier. I, I had a car down there, and I'm like, I'll drop you off. I'll come back and get Rob. So much traffic. It took me forever to get back to the hotel to get Rob at that point. I'm, yeah. I'm steam's Super. coming out of my ears. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make kickoff. And then we made it back to the stadium. Great crowd, but it was a great football game by Austin Smith. That's when Jesus hit his first 55-yarder. Nope. He's hit two now at this school. And the team just played solid football. I remember us coming out of that game going, this team's built a little different. Like, this was a good, good win. It'll change momentum. Hopefully the Eagles can get it. It'll be a 3.30 kick from Rynearson Stadium coming up on Saturday. Our other interview today uh, is Scott Weatherby, and he'll talk a lot of football. But the other big thing is basketball. We talk men's basketball, golf outing is Friday, Ring of Honor ceremony, remembering history and seeing that up is on Saturday. The 97-98 team's back. Uh, hoops. Heavy this weekend, too. How excited is that going to be? Some of the biggest names in EMU basketball history back. That's a big deal. And uh, there, there's been some great eras in college basketball here at Eastern Michigan. Some of these guys are going to be back, are part of that era. And I did walk by the arena, and I saw the names up. I'm like, hey, there's a ring. I don't know if I missed the memo, but there's a, there, a ring of honor there is now a ring of honor, in yeah. the basketball arena, as well there should be. The jerseys were up and the rafters yeah. up there, but I think having the names – Around the arena is a very cool thing. Fifteen men's names and uh, some women, or eleven men's names, four women's names, total of fifteen. And it starts uh, at the beginning of when Eastern became D one. You either have have to have been a All American by a major publication, or played in a NBA or WNBA season. So okay, full uh, season. Those are how you, you get up there. Same rules as what applies to football right now. So. Uh, that's how we saw Jose Ramirez's name go up last year early because he was on five uh, All-American teams. Right. So uh, maybe some some more names in the future. But Scott Weatherby, big on on remembering history. And uh, guys like Earl Boykins, Derek Dial are going to be back. Same with the Iceman. He's all of a sudden uh, developed this uh, path from San Antonio to Ipsy again. Yeah, it's interesting that Stan Heath – it's been important for I know the first two seasons haven't gone the way he's wanted basketball-wise as far as wins and losses, but I think one of the great things he's done is really incorporated the history of men's basketball. 
getting Grant Long, getting these different guys yeah. back, and and to talk to the players and share some of the history of Eastern Michigan because those guys still love the university. They want to see the team be successful, and they played a brand of basketball that Stan Heath wants to incorporate into his team and get EMU back to where they were when they were going to NCAA tournaments. I know we'll talk plenty of more basketball coming up, but I was never blessed enough to see a game at Bowen. I know you and your family. and you I guys, never saw a game at Bowen. Uh, My brother around, went to yeah, a lot of them. He was around for a lot. So how cool would it have been to see that old barn rocking? Let me, let me throw this at you. We played a game at Southern Illinois. When the game was over, they started moving the floor over to their old field house, and they go, we're having a throwback game. We're going back to where we used to play. I know it would be a complete pain, but what if they just fired up Bowen for a game? We talked and tried it. The, the problem is the infrastructure involved. Yeah. Uh, you have to figure it's a new track. you got to put plywood down because you can't slide that floor across. Right. What do you do for a scoreboard? There's no microphone, PA, ESPN's not there. There's no... All those things make yeah. it cost prohibitive. Right. I wish. I wish. I know. It would have been cool, but yeah, I never got a chance to see a game at Bowen. My brother graduated from Eastern, went to probably every home basketball game there was, and this is the Earl Boykins era. Yeah. This is when they're going to the NCAA tournament. That's when they beat Wisconsin here. Yep. They beat Duke in the tournament. So, who, As the green and white will happen this weekend, for people going to it, who's a player in your opinion that they should keep an eye out for? For basketball? For men's basketball. For this coming for year? For this upcoming year to watch out for. Tyson Acuff. You don't have Noah Farrakhan in the backcourt anymore. And I think, uh, I don't know how well they played off of each other, but it's it's Tyson Acuff's team in the backcourt, I think, now. And I think uh, he's a guy that can really score and and drive this team. And I think Stan, he's going to give him the reins with this ball club to some degree. So I'm really looking forward to to see what Acuff can do this season. Maybe you can sneak out, get your photo with Tom at the green and white scrimmage. He's not the guy that's will, he'll be the guy standing over, towering over old Boykins at the time, right? <laughs> right. So look for the guy dressed up, get your photo with Tom. Maybe I'll make an appearance too. <laughs> hey, we got to get going. Chris Creighton, Scott Weatherby on the Eastern Insider homecoming week upon us. Thanks as always, Tom. Are you ready? Ready to find the right care that works for you? Care that connects you to what you need anytime, anywhere, and fits best with your lifestyle. Whether it's in person or in your pajamas, online or over the phone, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan connects you to the care you need when you need it most. With the largest network of doctors and hospitals, an easy-to-use mobile app, and a 24-hour nurse line. Because we're always ready to help. Learn more about Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan at bcbsm.com. It's here. Bowling Warehouse. And sports will never be the same. Bowling combines the best of bowling and football. But you don't have to be good at either to have a great time at the Foling Warehouse. Ipsy Ann Arbor's newest place to play is now open. 20 lanes, two bars, over 100 beers. The Foling Warehouse at the corner of Washtenaw Golfside in Ypsilanti, where everyone comes to play. There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room. And that's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten. Get ready to paint it green. Eastern's annual homecoming is quickly approaching. It'll run from October 2nd to October 7th. And what a week it'll be. It's a special time of year, Scott. When you look at it, people coming back, celebrating the memories they have on campus. And for you, you've been here now 
six homecomings, and it's taking place against your alma mater. What a better way to celebrate. Yeah, yeah you would think I would uh, have had arranged that, but uh, no, I can't believe, one, that this is going to be my seventh homecoming. Yeah. Um, and then, two, you're right. I mean, the just the whole week of homecoming on campus, the buzz, um, you know, leading up to the football game, and then just kind of all the all the hoopla around it um, is just a lot of fun, and it's exciting, and it's that one game, if, if you don't get back, it's the one that's circled, at least, that you do get to. And uh, I'm just glad that fans have been coming out. And I'm, I'm excited uh, about the week ahead and, and getting into that. And, and uh, homecoming is just going to be a, a great time. With that, there's some changes this year for fans coming. Yeah. And I know one of the questions we've already been asked by some people is, what prompted them? One of the big things is people coming without a ticket to get into the parking lots are not going to be a $10 charge. But if you show your ticket, you get in free. Same for students. If they show their 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 student ticket, they're in. Why why the change this year? Yeah, yeah you know, we talked a lot about this. And, and um, you know, obviously, I want to encourage people to come into the stadium. And, um, you know, I, I, re- I recall a number of our uh, homecoming games of standing up in the in the press box, looking out into the parking lot and seeing what looked like, you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred people yeah. just having a having a good time, which is great. But I really want them to come inside and, and watch the game. And then, you know, there's a there's a cost to us from whether that's, you know, police, it's parking attendants, yep. it's um, cleanup afterwards. Um, and so I can't, or we, you know, we talked through like, how can we at least try to recoup a little bit to help offset some of those costs if everybody's just going to stay in the parking lot. And, um, you know, we're trying to do more entertainment inside the, the stadium. So they'll come in, uh, and have other opportunities inside the stadium. So I didn't want to make it a disadvantage for, for our fans that have bought a ticket that have been loyal to us to come into the game. So as long as you have a ticket, you know, and if you're a student going over there and you're part of Eagle Nation and have a ticket, you can go and park there. So it's not, um, I feel like we're being fair. I mean, you come to the football game to go to a football right. game. Um, and if you choose to just come to a football game to tailgate, um, we need to recoup a little bit just to offset our costs. And so that's kind of where it came from. One of the other questions that people might raise is the conditions of the parking lot. And I know it's something that you and the university are well aware of. Mm-hmm. What would you be your response to people that are saying, well, the parking lots are in disrepair? Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, it's it's a real challenge. I don't disagree that, you know, that we need to um, address them. And, you know, last year we were able to do the, the Gervin Center lot uh, where our closest, um, I guess, donor VIP season ticket holders park. And so then now we have to work with uh, the university. And then um, we also have a, a parking group on campus that, you know, has some control there as well. And so we have to work together on what is the plan to address those and and make them better uh, for our fans. But um, it's certainly something that's on our radar. It's not like we're just trying to ignore that. It's just how do you phase that in? And the cost of just paving is outstanding. Yeah. I'm telling you, and it's, you know, I have a, people can't say I've got a smile, but it's not funny, um, you know, and and just the cost of what we've done just out here, you know, for the the Garvin Center has been uh, it, it kind of blew my mind. And so we've got to figure that out and 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 do better. And so we'll we'll continue to work on that. Speaking of improvements, there there continue to be a lot of them. We just a few weeks ago had the the George Garvin statue that went out front, and 
Uh, before that, you had the reinvestment in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You've really done a good job helping EMU embrace its past. And another part of that this uh, for Homecoming Week will be the unveiling of the Ring of Honor inside the George Gervin Game Above Center. Long time coming for some individuals that have, have rightfully earned their honor. And I know you've mirrored it a little bit after how football already has it, Ray Nearson. Yeah, I just... You know, it's interesting. I, I feel like um, I want people to have pride in the university. And uh, when people come back, you want them to be able to look at whether it's in the football stadium or the basketball arena. There, there's there been no history in our arena. And, you know, yes, we have our NCAA banners from our teams and we have a couple of retired jerseys, but there's really nothing else. So that's that was the kind of the next thing to address. And you know, updating the Hall of Fame in the atrium was really nice to be able to have that. Now you can touch screen and you can look up people and see bios and, and do that. But I felt like um, there is enough basketball history here that we should do something. And I'm like, we've got a ring of honor. Let's mirror that for football. Let's mirror that in basketball um, and put that up. And so we went ahead and, and put the names up. And then now we are going to, part of homecoming, have the ceremony. And there's... Uh, 15 total uh, in the ring of honor. And I think right now we have 10 or 11 that have committed and a couple of conflicts um, for that weekend. But I think it'll be a great opportunity to recognize those that truly deserve to be recognized. Um, And it also gets them back to campus. Um, I just want to have relationships with and and fans that, you know, maybe we're here in the you know 70s and 80s get to see some people they haven't you know like man i remember when i was there and saw him play or her play and then you know the 90s you know we have got quite a few from the 90s group and so i'd love to have those people come back and they hear that an earl boykins is coming back to campus or Derek dial and george garvin and earl higgins and i mean those are names you're like man i i want to go back and right you know one help celebrate with them and congratulate them but two just kind of remember that and then go to a football game to be a part of that go to the green and white we're going to have a green and white scrimmage for the basketball team so we're going to do we're going to honor the ring of honor on saturday morning do a scrimmage and then roll right into tailgating and the um reunion uh, the alumni reunion that we have for all of our former student athletes and and then the football game and just make it one great weekend and you know basketball is actually having a uh, golf outing that Friday uh, morning as well. And so, you know, it's an opportunity to interact with some of our former student athletes. And it's just a, to me, it's just going to be a great weekend. We're throwing a lot of eggs in one basket, but uh, hoping a lot of people can come back and, and be a part of it. Here with Scott Weatherby, we're talking Eastern Michigan homecoming coming up October 2nd through the 7th. Uh, you mentioned the men's basketball green and white scrimmage. It'll also be a chance for people to come back and recognize the anniversary of the 1998 team that last made uh, the NCAA appearance. So they'll be celebrated. Iceman will be back once more. Earl Boykin's back. All great things. And you touched on it, all sports reunion. This is not only for basketball. It's all sports across the board. Third time that we've celebrated the last few years. Year one was fantastic. Uh, so hoping for another strong turnout. And there's multiple ways that people can still get involved with their sports. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we've actually, <laughs> excuse me, encouraged our coaches, you know, to reach out to alumni in all of our sports and, and try to make that connection. And, and again, if you, if you played volleyball in the 90s and had interactions with Derek Dial and Earl Boykins, you get a chance to like, hey, I remember, yeah. you know, and, and I just enjoy seeing the all sports reunion down in the end zone 
everybody's intermingling and everybody's reminiscing about the times when they're here. And then they also get to walk around and go, man, look at all the things they've done. I mean, we've, we've changed a lot and we've, we're adding buildings and video boards and we're updating the arena. And, and again, I, I want to make sure that all, all of our, um, former student athletes know they're welcome back and, and the alumni and, um, just want to have just a great, weekend of pageantry and then try to win a football game do you sleep during this week uh no it's actually i was just looking at it's it's a it's a long week because you know we do alumni awards on friday night Uh, obviously we have a lot of things on campus as well during the week um and then i was i was looking at we're doing a vip event after the football game at the president's house um, that we're working on as well and then i did notice on my calendar there's a sack meeting on sunday that I'll be attending as well. So it's like no rest for the weary. We'll just keep rolling right into it. But I wouldn't have it any other way though. You know what I mean? I mean, it's especially when we finally get a lot of fans. I'm hopeful that our east side of the stadium uh, will be able to open up. We haven't the first two games and uh, we've been fixing some issues underneath. And so it's all been torn up. So I'm hoping to get part of that back for homecoming to help uh, with, with the big crowds. No uh, confirmation that Andy Roddenberry, Jim, Jimmy Hoffa over there. <laughs> no, right? we, we haven't we haven't found any, anything there yet, but I wouldn't put it past Andy. <laughs> uh, anything's possible. Uh, and for people, don't forget, there's plenty of events on campus. Well, uh, the campus picnic, they've got trap karaoke, everybody's favorite, the, the T-shirt swap and, and build an eagle event. I know uh, that's one of the most popular ones. People mm-hmm. love to build their little mini swoops. Yep. And, and uh, take advantage of that. And again, I just... It's just different. It's just a different atmosphere for that week on campus and a lot of buzz. And so I hope people come back and get involved and uh, be, be a part of it. One new thing that I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about, one of the new events is Athletes Leading Service on Friday, October 6th from 9 to 12. One of the big things was giving back to the community, we heard, and EMU Athletics will be leading that charge. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I've, I've challenged, you know, when I first arrived, you know, we were around... I think it was like 3,500 community service hours. And I just, for 500 student athletes, I felt like we could do more. And so we've really challenged all of our student athletes and coaches to, to, try, to average, try to get to 20 hours of community service. So 10 a, 10 a semester, basically two hours a month, roughly. And, um, and so a lot of our teams and our coaches have um, kind of taken that and run with it and came up with this idea to Let's go out and lead and, and be leaders on campus and show what we can do in the community. And we're not asking for anything. It's just us being involved and being active in the community. And in turn, they're going to see us out there. And I hope then then they would come back and support us on the field or in the pool or um, on the court and and do that. So proud of our uh, our team for kind of helping think of that and putting it together. And others will uh, certainly follow. I actually got an email the other day from somebody on campus wanting to volunteer with us and you're starting to see the engagement back and forth. They're like, how can we help you? And they're like, well, I want to, I want to help you guys as well. So that's the interaction yep. that we're, we're trying to do. And if they see us being the leaders in that, um, I just think that's beneficial. And again, at the end of the day, we're trying to build champions for life. I mean, I want to win championships, but at the end of the day, I want them to get their degree. I want them to be well-rounded people and that we're doing and having an impact in the community. Scott, appreciate your time. For people wanting to buy tickets, they can go to emueagles.com slash tickets or to find the complete schedule for homecoming events, go to emich.edu slash homecoming.
This episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast is brought to you by National Trails Bus. Safety, comfort, reliability. Come ride with us, as well as Trinity Health. Trinity Health is the preferred health care provider of EMU Athletics. Get top-tiered orthopedic and spine care to get you back in the game, as well as standard printing and design, the standard of excellence in design and print for small You're listening business. to the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by the Folding Warehouse, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. Now let's get back to the action with Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer. Get ready to paint it green this weekend as the Ball State Cardinals come to town for homecoming weekend 2023. Joined by the 10th year head coach, Chris Creighton. Uh, Let's start right there. 10 homecomings this will be. The longest duration you've ever been at one particular school outside of of maybe Kenyon in, in all those years you've experienced there. Homecoming is just kind of a usual ritual now with your family and EMU. Yeah, no, homecomings, uh, you know, you can count on it uh, once every year, and it's uh, it's a big week. It's always um, a, a MAC game, big game that way, and, and then knowing that um, alumni and, and folks are going to be coming back and reuniting and getting to see former players and all that, it's a, it's a special day. Let's start off with last week, and then we'll move ahead. Uh, a tough one at CMU, a rivalry game that started off, you called it, a semifinal for the Michigan MAC championship. When you you look back and, and take the emotions out of the disappointment that was in that locker room, the fact is that one game in September doesn't help win any championship here or there. And you told the, the guys after that in the locker room that there's a still an entire month of October that really will decide what happens, not just that game. Oh yeah, no, it's you know. If, if we'd won it, does it help? Because everyone matters, absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah, championships aren't, aren't won in September. That's certainly the case. So there's, there's a lot of football left. And, um, you know, it's I, – I think I'm like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde sometimes. You know, when the team is really, really, really down, um, there's, a, there's a positive outlook, you know, and you got to have that time where you can punch a pillow and – you know, you've put so much into it and just just like them, you know, I've dreamed it and envisioned mm-hmm. it and know what's going to happen. And then, uh, you know, if we'd won that game, you know, then awesome. But that doesn't mean anything, right. you know, towards what our our goals are and how we're going to play versus Ball State. So it, it truly comes down to, you know, do you have the ability to to learn, flush and prepare and be your best week in a week out and you know, that's the challenge. We get to see if we can do it. One of the things I think has gotten a bit overlooked is how your offense performed with the return of Tanner Canoe. Uh, he helps off as a check valve in a lot of ways to your quarterback. How much do you think that also, in your opinion, helped to have Tanner back? Yeah, he's our best receiver. Um, so, yeah, it's a, you know, he's a, he's a huge weapon, knows what he's doing, really, really, really talented, unselfish, you know, he's a team captain. He's wearing the deuce. So, um, you know, that matters, but, you know, everybody, including us, you know, we're not going to be a hundred percent, uh, you know, across the board. Um, that just, um, that's just how it is. So, you know, whoever's in there, you know, has got to, got to step up and, and play at a high level with his touchdown catch. He moved into a tie for a guy that was well-versed in, in helping move this team to where it wanted to be in Sergio Bailey. He's now got 16 of them. Do you see some similarities? Because those guys are cool cucumbers under pressure. Yeah. I mean, they're 
They're the nicest guys you can find off the field too. Yeah, th- there are there are some similarities. There there, there really are. Um, great um, route runners with an understanding of the game. Um, quiet, however, like incredibly you know intense. Yep. Um, and both just came up big, um, you know, when uh, when they needed to. Also, there are two players that got to see time. Brock Roman gets the start at center. He's you've certainly seen his recovery after knee injuries that have forced him out. And then you get Mikey Haney back after his long recovery last year, missing the year. Talk about their road to recovery and then being back now. Yeah, so it was good to to, to see Mikey out, and you know he he was uh, um, able to play some in camp and. Um, is is uh, getting back back into it, but I mean he's been playing football here for for a long time, and you know we've missed him, and so it's it's awesome having him back out there. I think that his his experience and his his leadership and all of that you know brings a lot you know to our defense, and then Brock for you know it's been well documented you know mm-hmm. that he's had back to back ACLs, and which is just so hard to oh. imagine, and how he's grown and and. Um, the person he's become through all of that, and then to now to be uh, getting his first start this last week, you know, at uh, at Central Michigan, and and played really well, and um, it's just uh, it's one of those awesome stories. This week, Ball State, an opponent, they can come in, they run the football well. They've had to play a, a couple different quarterbacks due to injury. Uh, again, seems to be a running trend. Each week, you you don't know what quarterback's going to be under center for the team you play. Uh, what have you seen on tape so far from Ball State? Well, offensively, yeah. I mean, it does start with their quarterback. Um, you know, they've got a, a transfer um, that uh, um, is super accurate. Not a run-first guy, uh, but uh, takes what people give him um, and, and throws a great uh touch deep ball and uh, just seems to have uh, that savvy and, and, and leadership. And then uh, obviously running back came from Kent State, yep. who was a huge part of Kent State and their success. So he has stepped in, has run the ball really well behind three uh, returning offensive linemen. And uh, then, you know, I think probably uh, the, the person that they brought to media day for Offenses are their young tight end, mm-hmm. um, and he, you know, he was really good last year and, and really good again. Um, and then uh, we're familiar with some of their wide receivers, even through recruiting. And their leading wide receiver is a guy that that we got to know through recruiting, and think he's a really really good player. So um, they've got weapons and and the people that up front, you know, in order to do what they want to do. And um, and then defensively, it's the uh, you know the same defensive coordinator now for for a, a few years and they're good at what they do. They, uh, they're, they're well coached. I just, you know, I mentioned it in the press conference, um, you know, turning on the game uh, versus Western on Saturday and just golly, hey, both teams just flying around uh, physicality yeah. and speed. And uh, you can just tell, you know, how, you know, how big, you know, Matt games are, you know, they, they give you different looks in the front. They give you different looks in the back end and, they're 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 good and so i mean it's going to be you know two teams that aren't undefeated you know are going to be uh fighting scratching clawing with everything we got yeah i was gonna say both teams looking for that first mac win of the year because ultimately you really do put yourself at a major disadvantage if you do go zero and two in this league 
No question. Uh, when you look at, at playing non-conference games, you've seen Ball State, they go on the road to Kentucky. They go to Georgia. Uh, when you see those type of games versus type style games you've played against some more equal level competition, does that make it sometimes harder for, for you to compare what they can really do because they're playing top-level SEC teams? Yeah, I mean, we're obviously familiar with, with Kentucky and uh, – you know, Georgia, they play the number one team in the country. And so you still learn a lot, right? You can still learn a lot scheme and personnel and all those things. And then sometimes some of the, you know, Minnesota is pretty good running mm-hmm. football, you know? And so we might be fitting things, right. you know, the right way and all that. Instead of a three-yard gain, it, you know, it might be five yards. And so, yeah, they've had um, a couple of those um, big ones. And then Georgia Southern, which is, is a good football team. And then played an in-state rival with Indiana State and then Western Michigan. So, no, it's a good sampling. You know, I think th- this part of the, the year, you know, people people's identity, you know, is formed or is, yep. is forming. And um, so, yeah. Now we shift gears a little bit before we get you out of here. Uh, it was something you and I had to keep under our hat for a while, but the Fox National piece aired it was kind of a bucket list item for both you and I to, to get to meet Tom Rinaldi when he came here. Uh, what was that, this whole process like of having the national spotlight and people coming in who aren't used to Eastern Michigan? And you're hearing a guy on the national level saying, what you've done here and seeing the facilities is some of the best in the MAC. Yeah, um, he, he was really fun to, to meet and, and to work with. I always just think he's super talented, you know, and tissue Tom <laughs> telling stories and, and all that. And, and again, I, I just think the the story is, is worth covering. Um, yeah, I can't be more proud of Brian and Zach and how that all came to be. And, you know, it's, uh, it's the real deal. So yeah, it's, uh, it's cool to have, um, you know, a positive spotlight on something that's, you know, worthy of a positive spotlight. More great things to come for both of those guys. I know Brian was honored with the uh, Michigan Army National Guard Selfless Leader Award the other day, and there's another award that uh, would like to have him as an award show very soon, too, that we'll be talking about in the future. Coach, uh, best of luck this weekend against Ball State. Enjoy homecoming, and go get the Cardinals. Go Eagles. There's only one podcast in Washtenaw County that takes you inside the athletic department every single week. The Eastern Insider Podcast. Your home for all things Eastern all the time. This has been another edition of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast. Powered by Learfield. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or your home smart device for all of our episodes on demand.